0: Hello, this is Miss Leslie Barker, the pastor's wife here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining in today. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to your heart through His Word, and that this podcast will be a source of encouragement and a blessing to you today. Hello, hope you're having a great day, whether it be your morning or your afternoon or your evening. Thanks for joining in. Today, we're going to be speaking on a topic that the Lord's just been helping me with. That's what I usually do podcasts on is just some of my studies. And recently, I've been studying this. It's a word called disappointment. Disappointment. Now, this is something that we all have. Thoughts of disappointment each and every day, right? We all have different things that pop in our mind A lot of times they go right through our mind, but sometimes that seed of disappointment grows. So I looked up whenever I was studying this word disappointment because I thought I've been wanting to study things recently that would help me in my Christian life. And also I I taught this to our teenage girls this past Sunday to be a help to them. Because no matter what the age is, we're all in disappointing times if we let our mind go there because it's just a lot of uncertainty. But I looked up this word in the 1828 dictionary, disappointment. It says defeat. A Disappointment is a defeat or failure of expectation, hope, wish, desire, or intention. It's a miscarriage of design or, or a plan. And that's so true. It's just what, it's a disappointment is what you thought the plan was going to be, but it gets altered into something that is not what you thought it would be. And then it goes on to say in the dictionary that we are apt to complain of the disappointment of our hopes and schemes. That's true, isn't it? But disappointments often prove blessings and save us from calamity or ruin. And that's so true oftentimes, right? But I started thinking about this. Two reasons why we get disappointed. Think about that. Two reasons that we can get disappointed. Disappointed. For one, we set our hearts on people. Is that not true? So many times disappointment, the seed of it is in people. And the second one is circumstances. And that God wants our hearts to be only on him. He doesn't want us to trust. uh, He wants us to trust in the midst of all our disappointments, whether it be circumstantially or in people. You know, people's going to let us down. We're going to get disappointments through that whether it be the friend you've had for so many years and they disappoint you or your husband, your children. You know why we're going to disappoint each other? Even your pastor would disappoint you at some times or or your Sunday school teacher. I don't know. Even though your pastor's a godly man, I know we have a godly pastor. I'm so thankful for my husband and the times and the hours and hours he spends in God's word preparing for messages for our hearts. But he's just a man. You know, we're just people. We can disappoint others. We can disappoint our children or our husband because we are all flesh. So we're going to disappoint each other. So I was thinking about different characters in the Bible that I could glean and learn about that have dealt with this word disappointment. And this is just a few because there is disappointment all through the, the word of God and also how we can overcome those and how the Lord helped them different people in the word of God through disappointment. But I thought about Moses, his disappointment that whenever he was going to the Lord on the behalf of the Israelites and they kept on murmuring and their lack of faith and they would say, we should have stayed in Egypt so we wouldn't starve to death. And then the Lord gave them manna and then flesh at night. And then they would say, well, we're going to start. We're not going to have anything to drink. We're thirsty. We're going to thirst to death. The Lord would provide through Moses. He'd provide water and so Moses, no doubt, was disappointed in the murmurings of the people, the children of the Lord, and those Israelites constantly. They were hearing; they would be on the mountaintop, and then they would get this. Then they would start murmuring. So then I started thinking about Joseph, and that with Moses, his disappointment was through, was through people. Okay, with Joseph, his was through circumstances, and that it was through people also his brothers that sold him into slavery, but his circumstances that how he was in prison, just trying to do right. But the Lord overcome those circumstances and he they he the Lord made his life into good and the saving of his people. And he even admitted that at at the end of his story, that he um, the Lord meant it unto good. And so his was circumstances that he was looking and then Elijah, think about him, that he was on the Um, A spiritual high whenever he he prayed fire down from heaven. and did all those um, wonderful miracles through God. And then right after that, Jezebel said that she's going to kill him. And that, that he got his eyes on people. And that discouragement. How often does that that happen whenever we're doing something for the Lord? And then Satan puts that disappointment. That's what this comes from. Disappointment is from Satan. That he wants to discourage you. Then what about David? Oh my, David, and that he how he had disappointment through his life, and that he was just trying to have favor with Saul because he loved his king. He loved Saul, and he wanted to to be pleasing to him, and yet Saul, through jealousy, sought to kill him. So it talks about in, in different passages with his life in 1 Samuel 27: 1 through 4 talks about that he goes into the enemy. He goes into the enemy because he thought, well, if the people of the Lord reject me and Saul, my king, rejects me that I can go into the enemy. But that was a mistake. And then so he was trying to, to um, make his disappointment right, but he did wrong in that. But it says later that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He come to a place where he stopped that spiral of disappointment. And I'm going to go through that in just a minute, that spiral effect that happens with just the seed of disappointment. Then we look at So David was looking at people. He was looking at that discouragement with people. disappointment with people, excuse me. So Hannah, let's think about her and her circumstance, that she was disappointed because she was weary in her spirit because she wanted a baby. So the Lord answered her prayer, but at that moment of disappointment, that was hard. Rachel and Leah, I thought about them. Rachel, she wanted a baby. She was disappointed, so she became jealous of her sister Leah. And Leah, her circumstance that that she was not loved of her husband. That she was not the first loved. And no doubt she was disappointed day and day. And that's the reason why she named her children several times. Different things of trying to gain, um, trying to gain attention by her husband. Very sad. But the Lord strengthened and helped, helped her. But if you think about a py- uh, pyramid, think about um, whenever you look at a pyramid, the very peak... So this is what I thought about with a disappointment. The very peak is a thought of disappointment. So in other words, it's just a thought, something that's fast, right? And we have those throughout the day, every day. All of us do. So then, but you go down to another layer, getting deeper down into the pyramid. We start at the peak of the thought of disappointment. Then you go into discouragement. So that's when a thought of disappointment continues. Then it becomes discouragement. Where you think about that and you dwell on that, whatever it is. And then after that discouragement, you keep on thinking about that thought of discouragement. Then you start having disillusionment. Therefore, with that, what I'm saying, meaning by that is that your mind alters and that your mind goes somewhere that's not even true, not even so, and that your mind is altered because of the thought of disappointment. Then you get discouraged and then your mind is taking you places that it shouldn't go. How many can, how many of you, I'm sure that you can today think Of sometimes that you've been there, a thought of disappointment, and then you get discouraged, and then your mind wanders and goes and races different areas that it shouldn't, that's not even coming to pass. And then after that, you're getting deep down into the pyramid, and so therefore you're getting away from God. So that peak, you want to get closer to the Lord, but you're getting further and further away from Him, is that you get depressed. And that's not of the Lord, because you're thinking of yourself. You're no longer getting your thoughts on the Lord and how entrusted to him. You're getting depressed now because of that thought of disappointment. And then you got discouraged and then you have disillusionment and that you're thinking about all these things that can happen. And then now you're depressed. Now you're down in your spa, you're with a, spir, a spiral of depression and you can't get out. And then when you feel like you can't get out, this is where Satan wants all of us to be is defeat. You are now defeated. This is where he wants us to. Satan wants us to to live is in defeat, because you're in, in defeat. You're not going to witness. You're not going to be a light to other people. Your home is going to be altered because the lady is the heart of her home. If mom is down, then your kids are going to be down because they want mama to set that mood. Your husband, when he comes in. If if his wife is down and depressed and defeated and laying on the couch and sleeping because they don't feel like getting their head up, that changes the mood of the home. And that's where Satan wants Is He wants to defeat the home, first of, first of all and foremost. So when that disappointing thought comes in our mind, what do we need to do? Well, the cure for disappointment is thanksgiving. Whenever that seed of thought, so I'm going to give you an example first of all before we go into that. So just to bring this down for you to understand disappointment, a seat of disappointment, I'm just going to give you some examples, okay? Okay, so what if you have a husband that's, maybe you have a husband that is working a lot of overtime during this virus, this coronavirus. And so during this virus, during this time, there's a lot of employees that are scared to come into work or maybe through sickness or maybe because they have to stay home because of other means. And so your husband is having to work a lot of overtime. And so here comes your anniversary or a date night, and you've had this scheduled for a month now. You're so excited. It comes on Friday night, and your husband at 5 o'clock gives you a call and says, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to work, work, work tonight. I've got to work over because we're so far behind this week because we're just low as staff. Oh, well, okay. All right. I understand. Not, you really don't, but you say that, right? And then so you've got disappointment. You're disappointed. You've been so excited about that date night. Well, then this is what happens. Then you get discouraged. You start thinking, oh, I never get to go out. He's having to work so much. We don't ever get to do anything together. And then you get disillusionment. And then you start thinking, what if this is crazy? He's working all the time. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about our kids. He never spends time with us. He's always working. He could have taken off if he wanted to. And then you start thinking, what if he's staying afterwards with another lady? So these crazy thoughts that's not even true starts coming into your mind. You start getting disillusionment. Then you start getting depressed. This is what's going to happen. He's going to work overtime the rest of our life. And this is the way it's going to be. We're never going to have time together. That's disillusionment, but also you're getting depressed. You're going into a spiral, a whirlwind that you can't reach up and get out. Then you're defeated. When he comes home, you don't reach up your head. You don't greet him with a kiss. You're just asleep because you're defeated. And this goes on for days and then just goes in your mind and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you get more defeated. Instead of thinking, honey, it's okay. This is out of your hands, out of your control. Thank you for working for our family. You know, th- he is thinking about you because he's being the breadwinner for the home. Instead of that, you get disappointed and discouraged and you get disillusionment and it goes in that spiral. And then I think about, I'll tell you one that I had yesterday. Just yesterday, a seed of disappointment that happened to me. One of my girls, you know, I homeschool our three, I homeschool our three girls, and one of the girls, They had done great in their schoolwork all week, all A's and all their assignment. Great. So they, at the end of the week, they take their quiz and she failed both quizzes she took. Oh, I checked her, her work and I'm like, I don't understand. So that state of disappointment, oh, I'm so disappointed. And then I started getting discouraged here we've spent all this time on these lessons, and she didn't get it. All this time and hours this week, and she did not get it because she failed her quiz, right? Well, then I could have. I didn't, but I could have gotten disillusioned and thought, she's never going to be able to learn anything. She's she's going to forever. She's not going to be able to to continue your schoolwork. She's going to have to go back with, with her school and we're going to have to keep on going back. She's never going to get it. And then I could have got depressed and then I could have, could have got defeated and not even be able to do school the next day. But you know, that's not the truth. That's what Satan wants you to see. But at that seat of disappointment, I did get discouraged a little bit getting down thinking, Oh, homeschooling is, homeschooling is very, is a lot harder than what we think. But then I started thinking, you know, I'm thankful I get to homeschool my girls. That they're in our home, the safety of our home, and that tomorrow is a new day, and we're gonna tackle that. That she didn't understand, and it's gonna be okay. But we have to place and, and wait and think where our heart where our minds are going. So our cure for disappointment is thanksgiving. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Paul had the best example in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. He says, but rejoice, but I rejoice in, in the Lord greatly. He's talking to the Philippians and how they were taking care of him. That now at the last year, care of me have flour- flourished again. Wherein you were also careful, but lacking opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therein to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere in all things I'm instructed, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So Paul's saying that I can be content in all things. Whenever disappointment comes our way, we can be thankful and we can look at the good. And that's what the Lord wants us to do is trust and look up to Him in thankfulness and trust in Him to take care of these disappointing things. But disappointment can turn into delight. I love this verse of scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. We all have an expected end. If we follow the Lord with all our heart and stay in his will, He want, that's where he wants us to be. And we have, all of us, we have an expected end. When you get disappointed, what's your response? What is our response? It can reveal our true heart. Do we revert back to the Lord and look up to him for our health and our strength and our encouragement? Or do we revert back to pouting, anger, or jealousy? Oh, my, that pouting word. All of us ladies, do we not know that we have a master of that? We've got three girls, and boy, they can ever pout. And we have to remind ourselves we are blessed people. The Lord's good to us. We have to stop and realize that we are living for, for living for the Lord and right with Him. That the Word of God is true, and we must trust fully in Him, just like Romans eight twenty eight says. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Just like with that, if you're discouraged about if your husband's working overtime, that That example, you know, it may have been that we didn't need to, that you didn't need to go out that night because you may have had a wreck. You know, the Lord knows and sees what we don't. We can get discouraged, but we don't see the future like the Lord does. He knows exactly what we need. So I was thinking about what the Lord, the different verses the Lord gives us to our hearts to encourage us. So I started looking up encouraging scriptures and a lot of times I'll put these on sticky notes and I'll give them to my girls and let them put them put this on their mirror, or sometimes I'll text um, my older daughter and my middle daughter that's got a phone, I'll text them different verses. That way they can keep their minds and thoughts on the Lord through the day. And some of these verses, this is a verse through the prophet Isaiah. This is actually the verse that Elizabeth Elliot, that the missionary Elizabeth Elliot, whenever her husband, whenever she heard that her husband Jim Elliot was killed and murdered, By the Al Qaeda Indians. Whenever she heard of that, this is the verse of scripture that the Lord gave her heart. Soon as she says, she testifies. As soon as she got that news, this is what this is the scripture that the Lord gave her. In Isaiah 43:2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the waters they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire. Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So whatever the circumstance is, or the people that's discouraged us, or whatever this disappointment, the Lord can be with us to pass through those waters, and that He'll be with us. Even if you feel like you're drowning, that He will be with you. You you won't be burned. You won't over... The waters won't overflow. You won't drown. (laughs) He's going to... We can look up to Him. He's going to help us. Also in Isaiah 40, 31, it says, very familiar scripture, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What encouraging words today that we can glean upon from the Lord the Lord also spoke to jo- Joshua and he says in Joshua 1:9 have not I commanded thee whenever he was going to um, take over and do in Moses and be be over the Israelites he was the Lord was encouraging Moses and he says have I not commanded thee be strong and of good courage how many times do we need to rem- remind ourselves that but the Lord is telling us be strong and of good courage be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Ladies, the Lord our God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Also, the Lord spoke to Moses and encouraged his heart in Deuteronomy 31, eight, and he says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go, go before thee, he will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear thee, neither be dismayed. Because the Lord is with us, and he, that's what we need to depend on. The Lord wants us to trust in Him and not have a defeated life. He didn't want us to spiral down that defeat. Because how are we going to be optimal and be used of the Lord if we're in defeat? And that's exactly where Satan wants you to stay. In that pyramid, like I talked about before, he wants you to stay away from God on that bottom layer. That's the furthest from the Lord. When we get that first disappointment, we need to remember that the Lord's going to take care of us and give that to the Lord and pray. And, you know, whenever I was telling you about that, that discouragement that came into my heart about one of my girls yesterday, I did. I prayed and I said, Lord, please help me as a homeschool that I can do what I need to be pleasing to you. And that whenever you get that discouraging thought, pray, stop before you spiral down in your mind, because it will happen eventually. Stop and pray and ask the Lord to help you with that thought. And even if you're driving down the road or doing your work, I mean you can do that. I was doing that whenever I was walking through the house. You can do that at all times. So what and then what if you're at a point in your life where you have that disappointment, then you it spirals down, you you get to the point where you don't know what to do. And your mind is disillusioned, and then you think, I don't know what to do. You're at a standstill. So I say in Psalms thirty seven seven it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. So when you don't know what to do, you wait on Him. That word wait, rest. Excuse me. That word rest, where it says rest in the Lord, that means to have silence, to wait and to tarry still. So silence. You think about that. Whew, that's something we don't do a lot, isn't it? Is to have silence. But that means to listen. If you're not talking, you're listening. And so, how do we listen? How do we listen to God? We hear his voice through his word. So, whenever you're at a point where you have disappointment and you're discouraged, you dig inside. Ladies, dig into the word of God and listen to him. Let him speak to your heart. I can tell you that I have had many days of discouraging thoughts, and that whenever I do, I have to stop and say, You have to stop yourself. And say, no, I want to encourage myself in the Lord, as David did in chapter 30 of 1 Samuel. And that you have to stop and encourage yourself in the Lord and think, I'm not going to get defeated. Because that's going to draw me away from God and being used of God. So you have to stop, pray, and ask the Lord to help you. And then listen, dig into the Lord, to the, his words. There's been many times where I was felt discouraged. And you know what? The, the only thing that could help me was I prayed and asked the Lord to help me than reading into his word. And I can say that he is faithful and that he can give you that encouragement that you need, whatever the discouragement is. He can give you that encouragement to get you out of that that thought process. He can give you that help. But in Psalms 31, 24, it says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you that hope in the Lord. And I wanted to give you as closing, t- um, today, I wanted to close it with this. I have a little, little devotional book. Actually, I heard Elizabeth Elliott speak on, um, something it's been months ago. And she's talked about that. She used a devotional book, daily strength for daily needs. just as a thought. And I don't use devotional books a lot. Now, some of you may, that's fine. um, I just read through the scripture and then I have different topics I like to study. But at night, a lot of times I like to read this book just to get a thought from the Lord before I go to bed to keep my mind stayed on him. But this book was, it was actually first published in 1904 and it's just a book of every day to give you, um, it gives you the scripture, then it gives its poems. It's a book of poetry and different people that have written Different poems and different things uh, on uh, different subjects that's helped them. And I came across this, and this is just I thought fit, um, fit, excuse me, with this thought of discouragement and disappointment. So it says that first, with the scripture, Proverbs 20, verse 24, it says, Man's going are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? We need to encourage ourselves, even if we don't understand our way or don't understand, we get that discouragement. We need to remember that man's goings are of the Lord if we're in the Lord's will. How can a man understand his own way then? It says, be quiet. This is one of the authors says after this, be quiet. Why thy anxious heed about thy tangling ways? God knows all of them. He giveth speed and he allows delays. Is that not so true? and that we ha- don't be anxious. Why do we ha- have an- Why do- are we anxious about our tangled ways? We all have tangled ways, don't we? But God knows them all, and he gives us speed, and then he also allows delays. And then it goes on to another author talking about this. It says that we complain of the slow, dull life we are forced to lead, of our humbling sphere of action, of our low position in the scale of society, of how our having no room to make ourselves known of our wasted energy, of our years of impatient, impatient, excuse me. so do we say that we have no Father who is directing our life? So do we say that God has forgotten us? So do we boldly judge what life is best for us? And so by our complaining do we lose the use and profit of the quiet years? O oh, men of little faith, because you are not seen out yet into your labor, do you think God has ceased to remember you? Because you are focused to the outward inactivity, do you think also may not be in your years of quiet about your father's business? It is a period given to us in which to mature ourselves for the work which God will give us to do. So that author was saying, Brooke, the author, Brooke, is saying that he's saying that even if you're in that quiet days and in, in that quiet time, do you not think God's in control? And that you're saying that, well, I don't have any room for myself. And how many times we do that? Because whenever you have that seed of disappointment and you go into discouragement, really you're just thinking of ourselves, aren't we? We're just thinking about us and that woe is us and that we start pouting and think about ourselves. So in other words, let's go back to that example. Whenever we, our husband, whenever he decides, well, we can't go on our date night or we can't go off our anniversary. So, the, what a good thing would be was instead of thinking about ourselves, woe well, is me, what about our husband that's tired when he comes home? Whenever he's tired, we could, you know what we could have done? We could have thanked the Lord that he has the strength, our husband has the strength to work for us. And that when he gets home, we can have a good meal fixed for his empty stomach and massage his back. You know, that's not thinking about ourselves, is it? But that's against human nature. Like yesterday, whenever I got upset about that discouragement, I could have fussed my daughter out. Why didn't you study better before you took your quiz? But no, you know, um, and I don't always react this way, but I said, you know, it's going to be okay. Tomorrow's a new day. We're going to get this. I can't say I've always reacted like that whenever I've had disappointment. But that's what we need to try to do whenever we have that disappointment and discouragement. We need to look and Think and be thankful for the good and trust in the Lord and then wait on Him. Let Him speak to our heart and give us encouragement. He sure is good to us. But I pray this has been a help to you in some way. I know this study sure has helped me. And remember again that just like I just said in Psalms 31, 24, be of good courage and He shall strengthen your heart, all you that hope in the Lord.